Danny. Danny, thank you so much for having me back. And it's a joy to be back. And I believe you put a spell, a good spell, uh, on the journey of Boy Swallows Universe about two years ago. And um, I've never, ever forgotten uh, how kind and generous you were to have me on early on um, when Trent Dalton and the world of uh, literary fiction were, were pretty strange to each other. And uh, I was very touched that you took the time of day and I'm, and it's so cool that you took the time of day again. I feel like I'm part of the Words and Nerds family. You guys are so amazing and lovely and such a family of amazing literary lovers and creators and people who advocate. Oh, thanks so much for your questions engaging with the novel and for everything you're doing. I know the podcast is hugely, hugely loved, so um, you're a gem. I think it's awesome the work that you do you know, we're out there in this pool of, of like how many writers there are in this country and we're all trying to get our book to the surface. Podcasts like this enable us to do that and also to talk about our craft. Danny, you're a gift from heaven. I love that you're such a great supporter and advocate for not only kids' books but adult novels too. I love your interviews across the board. Kudos to you, Danny, for, uh, for getting everyone to relax so much that they open up and tell you such interesting things for the benefit of your listeners. So, well <laughs> Thanks, Jack. Yeah, well done. That's so true. Oh my gosh, I just told you all these things that I've never talked about before. I could never edit that bit out. I could do this. And I was just so comfortable that I was like, I'm all this stuff. It's a special knack. Who wouldn't want to celebrate this fabulous podcast? Thank you for listening to the Words and Nerds podcast. On this podcast, we chat about books, the writing process, and how literature has the power to change the world. I'm your host, Danny V, and tonight I welcome Vanda Simon, author of Bound, the fourth and most recent book in the Sam Shepard series. As well as being a crime writer, she hosts a monthly radio show on Dunedin's Otago Access Radio called Write On, where she interviews local writers. Vanda has been shortlisted for a CWA New Blood Dagger Award for her new novel Overkill, an annual award given by the British Crime Writers Association. Welcome, Vanda. Thank you so much, Danny, and thank you so much for inviting me on to Words and Nerds. Well, it's a bit of a thing now. Whenever Craig Sisterson says you should speak to this author, I'm like, well, if you said it, Craig, I trust you. He got me to read Blacktop Wasteland by S.A. Crosby, and it was absolutely brilliant. So don't tell him this, but I just never say no to him anymore. So. Well, it saves the nagging on his part. <laughs> it does, but he can't ever hear that. <laughs> oh, no, no. Now, please give us an elevator pitch um, for Bound. So uh, Bound, as you mentioned, is the fourth book in this Sham Shepherd series. And in this, um, it's there's a brutal home invasion that occurs at Seacliff, which is near the city of Dunedin. And... It seems almost quite um, cut and dry that the same invasion has occurred. The evidence is pointing quite strongly towards uh, some key pin um, crime, organised crime people within the community. But Sam Shepard, she has her doubts. You know, there are a few things that just don't quite add up and she has her suspicions. So she has to, despite the protests of her fellow um, police officers, get to the truth behind it, not what's obvious. Mm, I like that. And I just want to talk a little bit about setting. I mean, one of my favourite holidays of my entire life was backpacking around New Zealand 
right all the coastline for six weeks and just, you know, staying in tents or backpacking, uh, backpackers. And it was just, you know, a beautiful, incredible place. What's it like to write, to set crime in such an idyllic place? <laughs> I like to sully beautiful places <laughs> with nasty crimes. <laughs> but also, you know, it, it is that contrast between what, seems ideal what seems idyllic what seems perhaps peaceful or or beautiful and it really that contrast between the brutality of crime of murder the aftermath of it um, within the communities that inhabit those spaces is uh, really really important so you know I do think that setting is such a, a vital place or a vital part of crime fiction. Um, in this particular one, uh, in Bound, it's set out at Seacliff. And one of the reasons I chose that space was because uh, there was once a mental asylum there. And you know, it was very, very large structure. Um, but um, and this is quite some years ago, there was a, a fire there and the woman I call them um, patients, <laughs> inmates is probably more accurate, but the woman patients there, um, 37 of them died in that fire because they were locked in. They wow. were locked into that building. There was no way for them to escape. So now when you go out there, um, it's you can just sort of see the foundations of where the building was. The building was demolished um, because of the fire, but also because of you know some structural issues because of moving land. Uh, but it's an incredibly creepy Mm. creepy place because you know the weight of that history that sits behind it and um and the day I you know went and visited on my one of my research trips it was all clagged in and foggy and mysterious and it was so creepy I just had to get out of there I I just (laughs) couldn't stand it any longer now we follow police officer Sam Shepard throughout the series tell us about this character and what I'm really interested in is how you write and make sure a character evolves while still keeping the essence of who they are, but how they evolve over a series of books. That whole evolution process was really, really important for me. So in Overkill, which was the first novel in the series, um, you know, she is quite young. In that novel, she is a sole um, constable in a small rural town. And, of course, the, the events and things that happen in that novel you know, result in a few things. Firstly, you know, she feels she can no longer live in that town. Um, so she moves to Dunedin in the next novel. Um, and, and she also had ambitions. You know, she wanted to go from being a sole constable to being a detective. So another reason for the move. But one of the other things in that very first novel is, you know, she is a little bit immature. I've allowed her to be. I wanted her to be a wee bit naive, a wee bit immature in full knowledge that the events that happen within that novel, of course, are going to really um, play on her character. They're going to affect her for the rest of her life. You know, every interaction that we have affects us in some way. And so over the series, you know, she has does become you know, a little maturer, a little older, um, possibly makes slightly better judgment calls, although in saying that she um, is quite good at making slightly poor judgment calls as well which is part of her charm you know she's not perfect she's not exactly by the book but she's very dogged and determined so that evolution of her as a character across series was yeah very very important 
Mm, I really like that. And I liked um, a reviewer. I, I read a number of reviews when I was doing research for this interview and a reviewer stated that Sam Shepard is such a great character. She avoids every cliche of crime writing. And I want to know, was that intentional or was that taken from yourself or people you knew or was it just how you created a character and it just happened to be, you know, avoiding the cliches? Oh, that was entirely intentional. <laughs> so when I was... Um, creating this character, I kind of wanted the anti-trope. Um, at, the, at the time when I was developing the books and started writing the books, it seemed like all the detectives in novels were you know, sort of older men who were divorced, they were damaged, they were alcoholics, they liked jazz music or something like that. You know, there was just this vast number of them and I thought no 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 I want I want someone different so no I wanted someone who was um, a, a younger woman because you know there are so many things that uh, in a career that women have to battle with particularly in an organization that is very male dominated um, so you know there was that element that I wanted to have I wanted her to be ambitious I wanted her to be an optimist um, and have faith in human nature almost to her detriment sometimes you know she she does have this faith in human nature which is why she often ends up really rooting for the underdog um uh and and you know, trying to be fair and representative with everybody so yeah it was very much a conscious decision to make her likable um although sometimes she does some things that are pretty dumb and slightly unlikable but to have her someone people could relate to someone who was messy someone who um, goes on their gut sometimes um, occasionally drinks too much definitely likes toffee pop biscuits and milo way too much uh so someone who doesn't like an everyday person uh, i really liked how you said she's an optimist because so much in detective uh, or crime fiction we see you know the the battered and the the negative and you know the detective who's sick of it so it's really nice to have that optimism about that character yes um and also you know, as part of that being an optimist i think because she's optimistic, um, she draws people to her. People are attracted by that. I think people, you know, can can sense that in her. So she will um, not often get people who may open up to her in a way that they wouldn't if they were out there against someone who was hardened. Um, or like I said, you know, when she is actually battling for the underdogs, the underdogs feel like they're being listened to. Um, and, and that is because of just her base human nature, which, you know, she's kind at heart. I really like that. Now, what I wanted to ask you, and I often think this when you're writing from the perspective of a police officer, there has to be a lot of research behind that because there are so many things that you have to get right, I think, for your readers who are experts on that. And I'm not one of them. Um, but how did you go about researching, um, you know, a police officer and the procedures they have to go through to uncover crimes? And, and how detailed did you go? And this actually sort of two arms to that so you know, from a research perspective um my father-in-law um he was still alive then and he was a former police detective so he was able to just help out a wee bit with some of those things and you know had some pretty cool work stories <laughs> uh and that was useful i also had happened to have across the road um, a tame police detective um, his wife was a friend of mine so she told him that he had to sit at the table and drink coffee with Vander and answer all her really really weird questions um, I think he came to quite like the really really weird questions 
<laughs> so, you know, there was a certain element of getting that accurate. But conversely to that, though, was, um, you know, I read a lot of detective fiction and I think detective fiction readers have a level of expectation um, of you know, what the day-to-day -day ins and outs of detection work are. You know, in reality, of course, there's a lot more paperwork and bureaucracy than there is ever portrayed in the actual fiction. So it's finding that balance between you know, getting the detail absolutely right, but also not boring people to death with the procedural stuff when actually what we want to get to is the heart of the action. I think my Happy. It's one of my very happy, happy, happy moments was when I had um, someone who was a police detective and in the police force in Dunedin actually say to me that, oh, you know, I've read your books, you know, you just got this so right, you know, that's just what it's like here. And I'm like, yes. That must be a good feeling <laughs> because I imagine it's quite difficult trying to, um, you know, match what you want, but then having to match that with what actually should be happening, you know, mm -hmm. as, a, as a police officer. And they, yeah. the two don't always marry. So no. I find that really, really interesting. Yeah. And they thought I'd nailed the, um, the internal politics. Oh, wow. Well, can't go wrong there. <laughs> that made me very happy. Now, you've done a PhD at the University of Otago looking at communication of science through crime fiction. I'm really interested in this and how it helped with your writing. So writers, we do like to do research. And a number of years ago, I did um, a, a forensic biology course at the University of Otago, which sort of covered uh, you know, a lot of ground from um, you know, blood spatter and maggots and how you use those to date things. It was glorious, fun stuff. Uh, and, and decomposition, which was oh, wonderful. Um, and I absolutely loved this course and I enjoyed it so much. I thought, oh, maybe I should consider doing a bit more study. And the, the man who was running the course, he sort of, he knew I was a crime fiction writer. And he sort of said to me, Vanda, you could come and do some postgraduate study with us, you know. And so I, I did, and I started doing a, um, like a postgraduate certificate, and he said, you could do a PhD, you know, <laughs> very persuasive man. And so I started out on this journey to doing a PhD, but, you know, a lot of people expected being a writer that I'd do a PhD in literature or something like that, but now I'm very much the science side of um, things, a science girl, so communication of science was the perfect idea for me because it it combined the things I loved um, this topic combined the things I loved which was crime fiction and science so I was looking at the communication of science and crime fiction and I was looking at from well three perspectives so the first was doing a case history of Dame Nio Marsh who was very very famous New Zealand crime fiction writer she wrote 32 Roderick Allen novels she was one of the four queens of crime up there you know with um, Agatha Christie and she had kind of fallen off the New Zealand consciousness so I wanted to, to bring her out um, and one of the things about her was she was a stickler for accuracy so you know she did a lot of research into her novels into the um, the processes of being a police detective and that side of things, but also a um, lot of the science behind things of that day, because you know, this is her first novel was in 1935. Um, and so I wanted to look at her, 
But I was also really fascinated by this whole idea of accuracy. So um, in this PhD, I surveyed readers of crime fiction and asked them a number of questions about you know, what they expected from their crime fiction. So you know, did they um, believe the science that they read in crime fiction? Did they even care if it was accurate? Um, no. And the, the responses were really, really interesting. But And I also wanted to also get the perspective of the authors. So I surveyed writers of crime fiction as well and you know, asked that sort of same sort of questions. Um, do you provide accurate science in your crime fiction and why? Um, do you feel an ethical obligation to do that? Um, do you think your readers care? <laughs> Uh, and yeah, so it was it was really really interesting, and it, yeah, I was able to kind of spill over into my own um, fiction as well, and mm, yeah, it certainly nailed home that being accurate business. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, now I want to ask you. I mean, I've asked a few people this that write crime, and I know it resonates with me. It's it's one of my favourite genres by far. Um, but what draws you to crime fiction, and why do you think people are drawn to crime fiction? I love in crime fiction that it's it's the human drama for me. So it's, um, you know, you have a crime has been committed, you have a victim, you have their immediate family and the people who are really, really um, devastated by this. You have the broader community around them that we're all part of it. Um, but conversely, you know, you also have the perpetrators of this crime. You know, you want to know why would you do? What circumstances in life and your life led you to commit this crime? You know, was it um, something that's happened because of poor decisions over a period of time? Or is this something that you're just wired? Are you just wired to be a murderer? You know, are, are you a psychopath? Or are you an ordinary person who just the circumstances of your life has led you into this place? So crime fiction just seemed a way to really, really explore all those things um, in a entertaining it no that sounds horrible isn't it entertaining it, 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 I think I mean that's why yeah. we read it for a bit of an escape even yeah. though it sounds strange you know you I read these you know books for escapism and relaxation even though that may not make sense to everyone yeah um interestingly one of the reasons that I initially chose to write crime um was uh, because I had children from the perspective that um, I also really enjoyed reading historic fiction. So it was that toss-up, do I write historic fiction? Do I write crime fiction? But writing historic fiction just involved so much time out with research and libraries or archives and things like that. Um, and it was just totally impractical when you had little kids. So crime fiction was far more pragmatic and easier to research. Like I said, I had a few members of the family or people near me who I could quiz endlessly about things um, and I'm from a pragmatic decision good things have come <laughs> well that, I like that I like that a lot now Vanda this is a question I like to ask everyone who comes on the podcast why do you write oh that's a really good question um, I write because I love to tell stories um, and I write because it's also a way of expressing on a page just the stuff going on in my head. Like I said, you know, I think a lot about people. I think a lot about circumstances and it reaches out into how things affect um, 
individuals, their immediate families, communities, everything like that. So crime fiction writing allows me to explore that in a in a format that's palatable and kind of legitimate and that people aren't going to look at me like totally weird and think what kind of a freak are you that you sit there thinking about these things I could put it in the book and suddenly she's an author of course she could put those things there I love that as well that's fantastic although there must be some people you know members of your family or something that read your book and think hmm maybe I don't know Vanda as well as I thought I did I make a few people nervous (laughs) (laughs) which every great crime writer does I think Look, Vanda, thank you so much. It's been such a great chat and I've loved hearing about, you know, the setting and the character and and not conforming to stereotypes and, you know, your PhD. I just I needed to, to ask about that because it sounded so interesting and how it impacted your writing. So thank you so much for your time. And, you know, I'm a massive fan of crime fiction, so I'm always happy to, um, to find another author. Oh, thank you so much, Debbie, for inviting me on. Great questions. <laughs>